Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Good morning, everybody. We are the Insiders. I'm James Ham. Joining me today, Jesse Tavia. Out of the bullpen again. Out of the bullpen. Uh, Kyle is under the weather this morning. Uh, not alcohol-related. Uh, he's under the weather, and he's not going to be in uh, to hang out with us today. But, man, Jesse, we got a lot to talk about. I mean, it, it, yesterday's game, for us, we're doing a show, and all that pretty much went about as good as you would expect it to. Yeah, like when you're sitting there getting ready to, to build out a show for a day like today— and it's just a riveting game, like from top to bottom. I just thought it was, it was a spectacular Super Bowl, and I was hoping that the 49ers would win. I, I said it on Friday: if you allow Patrick Mahomes to have the last, uh, the last possession, you're going to lose, and that's exactly what happened. The Kansas City Chiefs ups, well, I don't know, if it was upset, but. Uh, they were two and a half point underdogs. Yeah, uh, they they beat the San Francisco 49ers 25 to 22 in overtime. Uh, absolutely sp- spectacular game. It, it was um because we'll talk more about the game coming up and stuff like that. But like all the narratives and everything going into it, you kind of just left the game going like I'm like it was just a good football game. The better team won or whatever. Chiefs had one more um, chance to win it and all that. It's just. It, just the better team won yesterday, I guess. Yeah, I'm not even sure if the better team won. It's just a team that, that came up with the last place. And that's, to me, like, when we were watching it, normally when you see a slugfest, a 25-22 to 22 game, right, that's not that interesting. And I think, like, this game was, like, rolling in the first half and it's, like, 3 to nothing for a while. And the whole time you're sitting there like, man, this is such good football. The tackling was incredible. The pressure by the defensive line uh, of the 49ers was absolutely spectacular against Mahomes. Like, no one could really do anything because it was such high-level competition. Yeah, that's the thing. Not all low-scoring football games are the same, all right? If it's like 22 to 20 or, you know, it's a low-scoring game where we're just punting the whole time, yeah, that sucks. That's terrible or whatever. But if defense is making plays, defensive line's getting to the quarterback, secondary's um, intercepting the ball and all that, it's just like, what more could you ask for? Yeah, I think the the chess match between the offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators was brilliant the entire game. I, I do think the Chiefs saw something early on that they could exploit with the 49ers uh as far as like the way that they were the way that they were pass protecting and and dropping back and not spying on Mahomes. And I think they also they held on to that until late. They didn't use that card. They saw it early on. He had one or two runs. You're like, okay, they're not doing it anymore. And then all of a sudden, late in the game, Mahomes just comes up big with his legs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, 
the kicking of Moody, I thought was like a Stern coming in. He misses the extra point. He gets it blocked, but the three makes were brilliant. Yeah, um, I mean, kicker's gonna miss every now and then or whatever. He made he made the he made the big kicks when he needed to. Also, like, yeah, he makes the extra point, but it's like the guy went through three or three from um, regular field goals. Yeah, and, and not only that, but like a fifty-five yarder, like the longest in Super Bowl history at that point. Which and is a crazy record. You figure it'd be longer or something. Yeah, totally, totally. So, uh, and then uh, of course it just comes down to like this this crazy march to the finish line. I went back and watched the end of the fourth quarter this morning. I watched the the overtime session again, especially from the 49ers perspective. And I think the Chiefs just made plays. You know, they they blitzed Purdy at the right time and he didn't make like catastrophic errors. They 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 made the tackles they had to make. They were very sure tackling the entire game, but especially down the stretch. And, you know, I think Shanahan waited a little too long to go back to the run. We were waiting in the early second half. Like, what are you doing? Why yeah, are you not he did, running he did really get away from it in the third quarter. Yeah, he, he got away from it. And then at the same time, you get late in the game, and you got Free, who, again, look, to me, McCaffrey was a warrior. You could see it, that he was beat up, and he just kept fighting and fighting and fighting for yards. But, uh, like, it, it was he saved him for the, the fourth quarter in overtime in case he needed him. And I was okay with that as well. I thought, like, look, if you're going to go into a game and, and have a star running back, you can't run him 35 times, 40 times, that you're going to get away with it. Um, I, there could have been more, and there could have been a few other things that happened in this game that made sense. But, uh, you know, Juwan Jennings was tremendous. Yeah, and then going back to McCaffrey real quick, like, he could have got more touches or whatever, but I think he ended up, like, finished the game with 30 touches. It's like, what, yeah. like, what more do you want? He had 30 touches, but there was overtime. yeah. But still, like thirty is thirty. You know, he he like like I, like I feel like there are things to point out, but maybe people are doing a little bit too much with Shanahan. Yeah, I th- I think so too. And I you know we're gonna dive into all kinds of different aspects of this game, but um, let's start there. Shanahan's decision not to run McCaffrey it, it stands out, but overall, like I don't think when when you get done with a game like this, I don't think it damaged Shanahan's legacy like a lot of people thought. Like if he doesn't win the big one. It's going to damage your legacy. You get done with this game, and I think everyone in the country was just like so caught up in what was just back and forth and spectacular the whole day that you got done, and there was no blame. Yeah, I mean, you can come away from any game where it's like, oh, coach could have did this better, so-and-so could have did that better, whatever, but ideally it's just like you said, it was just good football being played, and the only way, like, honestly, if you're coming out of this, like, yeah, like, oh, Shanahan this, or he can't win the big one. Honestly, if you're just, like, thirsty for narratives at this point. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I would say the other thing that um, going into the Super Bowl, I think, every, like, most people that cover sports were worried about was that this was going to be, like, the Taylor Swift Bowl. And we were just going to get inundated with Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. I thought the NFL did such a good job of not getting caught up in the moment. And and we got to see her on occasion, and it was clearly when Kelsey did something or did nothing or you know, ran into Andy Reid and whatever that was. That was wild. Um, but for me, I don't think the, the NFL lost sight of what the game was and what was happening on the field. And to me, that was like a major kudos to them. Yeah, and frankly, I don't think – they even have, um, since she's like been around with Travis Kelsey and like been a part of the NFL season or whatever. I don't think like she's uh, I don't think she's been like overly um, shown on camera or anything like that. So, I mean, as far as like yesterday, yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty much 
what they how how it's been going already. Yeah, you get I, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. Um, I either way, like I I did not want to see more. Yeah, yeah, and I think the it was something strange. Like someone in the room was like the over under on how many times they show her in the box was like five, and I think it got up to like nine times, but nine times in like a three hour game. So I, I don't know. I I thought that that was it was still I thought it was a quality add on to whatever was happening. Like I I don't know. Yeah, it adds to the story of it all. Like, yeah. like it's a it's a massive celebrity. It's always going to be good for the league and all that. Yeah, and, and just I, for the story of the not the story of the game, but just just you know just added stories. They just yeah. It's funny they they show uh, they pan to her like a couple of times, and then at one point they're like, oh, you know what? There are other stars in the building as well, and all of a sudden they start going around the 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 stadium, and it's like. There's Beyonce and Jay Z and, and like everyone is there. Oh yeah, LeBron was out there. Yeah, LeBron's there. I mean, they just but those got like such bit parts. Like, oh look, click, 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 click. Look at all these fancy people in the in the audience. This is fun. So I, I thought that that was hilarious. Um, this is uh, the first time since what 2004 that a that a team has won back to back Super Bowls. Kansas City, to me. It's really not even, you know, so much a team as it is a head coach and a quarterback that just find ways to get things done. And to me, that's, you know, again, I'm not disrespecting the rest of the team. I, I think that they they win as a team and everything else. But there is something about this where with the 49ers, we always talk about windows, right? Oh, the window might be closing. This might have been the their last chance, right? Trent Williams is getting older and... Kittle's getting older and Fred Warner and Juszczyk and all these players are getting older and this might be it. But does it feel like like Patrick Mahomes like transcends windows? Like there it Yeah, he's yeah. When you're one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it, and I think like call what it is, we can all say that right now. He's probably one of the five to ten best quarterbacks of all time. Probably five if we're being real or whatever. So yeah, when you have a guy like that, it doesn't matter what else you have. Because you look at yesterday kind of like playing off the Andy Reid and um, Patrick Mahomes point. You look like yesterday the Chiefs didn't necessarily like play great throughout the game. But I feel like as like the moments got the pressure got tighter and all that, like the fourth downs, um, there was one where I think it's like fourth and one, fourth and two, Chiefs needed it late in the game and Mahomes takes off with it. But they fake to Pacheco, I think it was. You throw Kelsey out to the side, so you put the focus on him. But really, no, the play is for Mahomes to take off and get that first down. I think in the moments, like they showed why they're so great. They don't need to play like a full a full 60 minutes or whatever because when it comes down to it, Andy Reid's going to make the right make the right play call. Patrick Mahomes is going to make the right read, whether it's taking off with it or hitting whatever receiver he needs to. And the same goes for Steve Sp- um, Spagnolo too. Every time they had a big third down, it, it felt like they had the right play call every time for the 49ers offense. Every time. Like, I think that, that like the defensive coordinator called a masterful job for the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I, again, going back and watching each of these individual plays, the uh, – like third and four, he he blitzes somebody off the off the edge and hid the blitz, and I, I think that 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 came back again and again every time there was a big moment, and I, Brock Purdy handled it just fine. Yeah, he did. But the problem was that there was nowhere for him to go, right? And I, that didn't ever feel like it's the case with Mahomes. Mahomes always feels like there's an escape route. There's always somewhere. Like a button that he hits, he he jumps through like an acme hole and pops up somewhere. For me, else on the he field. he's he's the most complete quarterback I think of all time. Like he's got um he's got the athleticism to take off. He he can move around like Rodgers. He can um 
dot you up like Brady or whatever. He's smart like Manning. Like he's got everything. He's the most complete quarterback I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I think that that's a, a good way to put it. I mean, even if you're looking at, um, you know, again, like Brett Favre is flawed outside of, but he's got a lot of Brett Favre's like risk taking ability. Um, but he also has the big arm and he can hit any, any throw that you can possibly imagine on the run, diving right, diving left, like whatever it is he's got to do, he finds a way to do it. And I, the way he runs the ball, the way that he can come up with a big throw when he needs to, yeah, he might be the most complete. I mean, again, like when we like stack up all the quarterbacks, it depends. It's all subjective, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I think Tom Brady at this point, you can just kind of say, hey, look, Tom Brady is he the gets greatest. his respect. Yeah, he still gets his respect. Mahomes, yeah. Mahomes is on his way, but Brady still gets his respect. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I, like I'm, a, I grew up watching Joe Montana, and Joe Montana to me was the greatest quarterback of all time, without any question, until pro- Tom Brady came along. And you know, just because Joe's ability to win the big game and to just be cool and calm and relaxed, it was just something that you didn't really see, like the the chaos of an NFL game while everything is going wild all around you. I thought that like Joe Montana's ability to just sit back there and like, huh, this is interesting. You know, that, that to me, it was, it was fun to watch. And and then you get to Brady and Brady just like, not only does he have that, but he has all of these, all of the passing yards, all of the touchdowns. He's got all the numbers. Yeah. And he just keeps playing and playing and playing like long before, long after anyone thought that he would be great. He's still winning Super Bowls, and you're like, well, how in the world is this happening? It's like they say with Brady, you cut his career in half. He's got two Hall of Fame careers. Yeah, he does. It's insane. Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely crazy. Um, you know what, Jesse? Uh, we're going to step aside for a minute, but when we get back, I think that uh, there were some— Brock Purdy had some Joe Montana moments in this game where you just saw the cool, calm collective, and let's let's dive into— uh, Brock Purdy and his game in Super Bowl 58 when we come back. So we're the insiders here on ESPN 1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. 
Welcome back into the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. I am James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia, filling in today for Kyle. Kyle is under the weather. Um, Jesse, when you walk into this game, I, there are so many of these these elements that people are pushing, these narratives, right? And I think the the biggest narrative we saw throughout the last half of the season was, is Brock Purdy that guy? Is he a franchise quarterback? We got into the debate, Kyle and I did, like last week. Um, can he get you over the hump? Is he a big game guy? Uh, he hadn't really had that opportunity, despite all the wins and despite all the yards and, and touchdowns. He hadn't really had a lot of opportunity to come back in a game because it's just not how the Niners are built. Um, but when we walk out of this game, I sure do have a different feeling about him as a quarterback. Ooh, different how? I feel like I feel like he answered every question. Like, did he hit every throw? No. But did he give them an opportunity time and time again? Yes. That That's what I thought. I thought that his ability to march the team down the field in crucial moments was big. I think of all the games this season where he'd only hit like four different receivers, this was one where he opened up the playbook and he hit everybody. And I thought that that was a good sign, like his his ability to distribute the ball. Should he have got the ball more to Ayuk? Should he have found Kittle a few more times? Maybe Debo a few more times? Sure. But that doesn't mean that he, he didn't find anyone. I mean, Juwan Jennings, to me, was just absolutely phenomenal. Kept coming up with big plays. And uh, I thought Brock Purdy, when you watched him standing in the pocket, and he's just so relaxed. It was like his, oh. his pocket presence for being a second year quarterback is incredible. Yeah. The dude just has so much poise where it's like he's almost been in the league for he's it's like he's a veteran in the league. Yeah, and for me it's like sometimes he can just when you watch somebody you're like oh. he fully gets it. I mean, he made the one play late in the game where he found McCaffrey where he was clearly going to get crushed. He had guys coming from behind him uh like chasing him around the corner. And another guy coming up from the front that was going to hit him, and and you knew he was going to get buried, and he just lofts the ball over the top to McCaffrey, who busts down the the sideline for a long, a long game. And for me, I just kept looking at him and thinking, I don't have any questions moving forward if he is the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Well, I mean, because um, I'm gonna bring it back a little bit, like the Trey Lance plan. They drafted him to kind of be the guy where you fill in and all that. And, you know, like this team's going to be good enough for you to like get us wins and get us deep in the playoffs. If this is Trey Lance, I don't think like this is as much of a conversation. Like Brock Purdy, he, like he's taken the 49ers to the NFC Championship game, got hurt early on in the game. Next year, people were asking questions and all that. Takes him to the Super Bowl. And I get he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have the physical gifts of Josh Allen at all. But numbers used to mean something, you know. And he's got the numbers. He's he's. What it comes down to is he's perfect for the 49ers and he wins them ball games. He's exactly what they need. So in my mind too, it's like, yeah, for me it's been answered already. Like, yeah, he's a franchise quarterback for them, I think, too. Yeah, I mean, when he gets done with this, I mean, he's 23 for 38, 255 yards and a touchdown. He threw no interceptions. Not only that, but there wasn't really, I mean, we you had the one ball where Debo um, where it goes off Debo's hands and linebacker almost picks it off. But realistically, there wasn't like one egregious throw where you're like, oh my gosh, what was he thinking? I thought he made like spectacular plays here and there that just showed you something. We even, uh, Jesse, you and I were watching some of the game back. The play late in the game where 
he rolls out to his right. He's got a defensive lineman chasing him, and he kind of like pushed up like he might run and then dropped back and created the space. A defensive lineman lost his footing. Then he fires it to Juszczyk, who makes a spectacular play, dives for the first down. That's one of those plays where I think even earlier in the season, we saw him in a similar situation make a horrible error where he, he was running towards the sideline, and then he he tries to fire it to, I think it might have even been Juszczyk, but instead fires it to a linebacker who picks the ball off. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Right? And for me, the growth that we saw even in this moment was like, man, just look at him go. You look. watch him, and it's like it's like the old saying, I guess, like the it factor. He, he's he got it. You don't know what it is, but you watch it, and you watch him get um run out of the pocket or whatever, and he evades these defenders, and he's breaking out to the right, and he sees Juszczyk, and he hits him. It's just like, like that's a big-time play. Like, like big-time quarterbacks make those plays right there. Yeah. I, I mean, and again, you talked about his pocket presence. I mean, just the way he, he moved around the entire time. Like, the Chiefs put a, a good, solid rush on him, but he just always seemed to find, like, a little alleyway to move and to get through while keeping his eyes downfield. He had the ball late to, to Debo that he didn't, like, it wasn't a completion, but even still... It was just a masterful way that he was able to stay alive in the pocket and then fire a deep ball. And you have to you have to throw a deep ball on occasion. And you, you've got to go for it. You've yeah, got to stretch the defense. The defense. Yeah, you do. Um, anyway, uh, that's one thing that really stood out to me was just like, it's almost like a coming-of-age story. You're watching a guy who, like the question marks, just keep hitting, keep hitting. And I just can't imagine the 49ers moving forward like the next five years without... Brock Purdy as our quarterback. I think he answered every question that you possibly had in that game. Truth be told, I know it's probably crazy to say, but even if he didn't have like all these weapons, let's say he just has Ayuk or whatever, Debo's gone in a few years, Kittle's gone or whatever, I still think he could play um, the quarterback position pretty well. I don't think there's going to be like this massive drop-off where it's like, oh, all his weapons are gone. Like like you said, I think it's easy right now. He's the quarterback of the 49ers for the next five seasons, three, five seasons or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we did have the injury to Debo early in the game where it – what was it? It looked like a hamstring injury or something. Yeah, something like he pulls him. I yeah, think, I think it was hamstring. Yeah, and of course they, you know, they take him in the blue tent and like they must have had like seventeen needles, just jab, 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 uh, because he actually looked okay throughout the rest of the game. But do you think it did impact like just not only his ability to to become like a huge part of what was happening, but also like just the threat of him? You know? Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, it's it's the Super Bowl, so at this point, it's like. You might as well play through it. It's not like you have anything going on next week or whatever. And playing through a hamstring injury, we know like those don't just go away. It's like, oh, I pulled my hamstring or whatever. Let, um, let me stretch out real quick and I'll be ready to go. Like, no, that's going to stick with you. You're going to have to keep stretching out throughout the game and all that. So, yeah, I do think it did affect him. Now, the other big injury in this game, have you ever seen anything like the Dre Greenlaw thing? That was that was, that was that was honestly one of the saddest things I've ever seen, watching sports, honestly. Wasn't it just horrible? Yeah, because you... Because we like we all love sports or whatever. We all wish, like, playing sports growing up, we all wish we were in these moments. And you watch the Jazz, like, wow, like, that's cool for them. Like, they get to be a part of this or whatever. And you see Greenlaw, he's getting pumped up, jumping on the sideline and all that. They're just getting ready to go. Like, I'm going to go hit somebody. And then he just takes off, and that's like that's it. His Achilles is blown. Like, that's just one of the saddest things I think I've seen in sports. Yeah, you know what? I've been, unfortunately, I've been in attendance when, like, two major, major Achilles pops happened. Uh, Rudy Gay, uh, Golden One Center Floor. Um, he was actually right down below us, and he he took a step, hit the ground, and just put his head down and started hitting the floor. 
And like I knew right away, like, oh no. And then I was in Toronto at the finals when KD took the step and and then the Raptors fans were just absolutely horrendous. And Kyle Lowry took the mic and told them all to shut up uh, to stop being disrespectful to Kevin Durant. Because, I mean, everyone knew at that time that he had, like, it was major. Yeah, it's one of those injuries when you see it, you kind of know. Like, you kind of know what it is. Yeah, even with Greenlaw, he goes to run. It was like, what is he doing? And then, like, oh, he just tumbled? Oh. And it was on, like, a punt, right? It's on a punt return. uh, And they're they're going out to play defense after, after the punt. And it's like, oh my gosh, he he's done. And then to have that, it was it just me or was like the cart that they pulled out even worse? It was like, oh no. Yeah, like we gotta we gotta talk about that, fellas. The next work meeting, we gotta talk about that. Why was Dre Greenlaw on the front? Yeah, that and and why is it? Why do we have such tiny carts? Maybe we talk to I don't know, like whoever handles the money. Let's go talk to them. Maybe we can get like a bigger cart or something. It was the least sexy part of the entire Super Bowl. It literally looked like a utility truck. Like, but there's a janitor at the local <laughs> mini golf place that drives that. I know. I was like, what is that thing that they just pulled out? And then they start driving around the outside. You're like, and everyone in the, you're just sitting there like, oh no, he's done. Like they're carting him off. But then I start, my, my first thought is, Oh, that's like the Austin Powers cart. That's what, that he gets wedged in the hallway. Yeah. And he's just stuck the whole time. <laughs> and then they pan to the like, they're in the hallway, and there they are. They're, like, making, like, a 17-point turn to get Greenlaw down the hallway. I thought it was one of those moments where you're like, oh, this is a Raiders stadium, isn't it? That's, what, that's my that's first not thought. That's not nice. That was my first thought. Like, oh, man, cheap-ass Raiders. Mark Davis cutting costs <laughs> on the carts. <laughs> he, he cut costs on nothing else except for the cart that might – be on national television picking up a player to take him to the back. Yeah, maybe maybe next year. Roger Goodell, I think he's in New Orleans. He talks to the Saints owner, hey, um, last year we had a card situation for the Super Bowl. Let's not have that this year. And if if I'm the Raiders in that situation, wouldn't you have, like, a bubble helmet with a Raiders emblem? Like, wouldn't you, like, just, oh, this is all we have. Sorry. It's like a giant Raiders card. Isn't the big helmet cart? Yeah, a big helmet cart with a little flatbed on the back. But, you know, that's how you get your brand back out there. I don't hate it. That's what I would have done. I don't know. Mark don't Davis, know. buy a bigger cart next year. Buy a bigger cart. We're going to need you to have a bigger cart. Yes. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. You've embarrassed yourself in front of like 100 million people uh, because you had a very, very small cart. And It's just the whole the whole visual because it's like Dre Greenlaw's on the front. And there's some guy laid out in the back too. Like there's a back to the cart and he's just feet up too. It's like maybe give Dre, Dre that spot. Like maybe his legs aren't long, like his legs are too long, but I don't know. It's just the whole visual was just not not great. No, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Maybe Greenlaw didn't want to be in the back of the cart. Maybe that was part of it. That's maybe fair. he's like, hey, I don't want to be that guy lit, like waving to the crowd yeah, yeah, yeah. out of the back of the cart. That's I didn't even possible. think about that, yeah. That's possible. All right, you know what? We're going to step aside. When we come back, uh, Kyle Madison's going to join us. He's going to pop in uh, from home and, and chill out and hang out with us and uh, – yeah, good stuff. So we're the insiders here on ESPN 1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. We'll see you in just a minute. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back into the insiders. I'm James Ham. Joining me today, Jesse Tapia. Kyle Madsen is out, but now he's not. He's here on the stream with us. Kyle, how are you? I've been better. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, I'm I, I'm all right, man. Uh, definitely, definitely could uh, could be worse. So, um, hanging uh, hanging in there, doing my best. Now you watch that game just like everyone else in America and and across the I? globe. Just uh, what's your what's your initial thought? What like where do the Niners go from here? How how do you handle uh, a loss like that and the way that they they lost? I don't uh, I don't know that they have to do anything that dramatically different. Like I know there's the the knee jerk reaction immediately after the game, but when you start going through, they were three for twelve on third down. Like that's just not going to get it done. You have to execute and you have to make plays. Uh, and frankly, that's what we saw in the 2019 Super Bowl as well. Uh, the plays were there to be made, and the Niners didn't do it. Um, and then there's factors like the 49ers fumbled twice, and the Chiefs recovered both of them. The Chiefs fumbled five times, and the 49ers recovered one of them. Uh, San Francisco got turnovers. They got stops. They did everything they had to do defensively. Uh, we knew that the Chiefs' defense going in was good, though. This is a defense that gave up 27 once all year. Uh, they held the Ravens, which looked like a buzzsaw, to 10 points. Right? This is a, a really, really good defense, and the Niners had their opportunities to to capitalize. And I, I wrote about it yesterday morning, actually. Like, here's how the Niners can keep, because I picked the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. And mm -hmm. everybody else in America, when you saw him picking the Chiefs, it was like, well, they have Patrick Mahomes, and he's just kind of inevitable. Well, when that game was close and it was 10 nothing, you're like, yeah, it's way too close. And then it's 10-3, and you're going, still too close. And then it's 10-6. And just the longer that game went on and the longer the Chiefs were within one score, the longer the Patrick Mahomes thing was going to be a factor. And, I, I mean, all, all to me, this was not some crazy indictment on Brock Purdy. Uh, I believe he went 13 for 18 for like 113 yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter in OT. Like, he did everything he had to do to go blow for blow with Patrick Mahomes. And uh, at the end, they, they the Chiefs got a touchdown and the Niners didn't. This is one of those things where it's like the Niners, they didn't kill the game early on enough, and you left the door creaked open just, just enough for Pat Mahomes to sneak in there at the end. Yeah, and it felt like that the whole way, right? Yeah. And there was just the, the longer the longer that went on. And then, like, get the interception to start the second half. It's like, man, if they can get a touchdown here and make it 17-3, to three, like that would that would just be and then they get no points out of it. Like so I, I it just there there were enough plays available to be made. Uh and the Niners just didn't do it. And honestly, like credit to Patrick Mahomes, credit to Travis Kelsey. Uh they're both Hall of Famers. Chris Jones, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but damn, he has killed the Niners twice in, in Super Bowls. He was awesome yesterday. And uh and the Niners just didn't really have any answers. So um, when you walk out of this game and you're looking at the game that, that Purdy did have, uh -huh. I thought he was really good. And I thought I the whole time he was calm, he was collective, he looked like a guy who was who was a Super Bowl winner or, or at least mm -hmm. a, a, a high-level guy who got his team to the Super Bowl. He didn't look like an accident. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. you walk out of it, you're like, okay, that's the guy. I, I, at least for me, it was like if there was any more question about it, I think he answered it. I think that, yeah, they probably could have schemed a little bit better. You probably should have left a guy uh, to pick up the blitz on a couple of those third downs where I thought Spagnolo just called like an incredible game as a defensive coordinator. But yep. I, I don't think that Brock Purdy lost that game at all. I feel, I feel like going like coming out of that game, you kind of like you give respect to a Chiefs defense and kind of come out of it thinking like Brock Purdy 
did what he could against them. Like he he didn't make any major mistakes or anything like that. And he played about I don't, don't want to say as clean as he could, but more so just he, he played well enough to where they were in a position. Yeah, I I left. I, I couldn't agree more with you guys. I left the 2019 Super Bowl going like, dude, Jimmy is not it. I I don't know if they'll ever win a Super Bowl, with Jimmy Garoppolo. That wasn't the vibe I had yesterday. Purdy wasn't good in the third quarter, but he was really good in the first half. He was really good in the, in the fourth quarter in OT. He had he had one tough quarter where he was under a ton of pressure. And that's the other thing, is it wasn't it wasn't what did he finish twenty three of thirty eight. It wasn't like he was just missing throws that were there. Uh, he was trying to fit throws into tight windows. Debo Samuel had three catches on eleven targets. Mm. Debo had I don't know what his average separation was, but it was probably not very much. It felt like there was constantly a defender right there. And and Purdy was trying to fit balls into tight windows. Uh, I, I can think of maybe one or two throws that were there that he missed, but I can think of one or two throws that were there for Patrick Mahomes that he missed. Um, and if if you're and this may be the case, like this might just be why Patrick Mahomes is is going to be a ten time Super Bowl winner. Like if you need a quarterback that is as good as Patrick Mahomes to beat Patrick Mahomes, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. You said we'll see you in ten years, guys. Right. Like Josh Allen hasn't been able to do it. But the, Josh Allen and the Bills gave the Chiefs 13 seconds. And they still tied a game <laughs> and then and then won an OT. Like, I don't know. It, it, Lamar Jackson couldn't do it. Lamar Jackson put up 10 points. It, it was all season. It was like, oh, I don't know, guys. Like Mahomes is great and all that. He doesn't have the weapons. Offense isn't looking that good. I don't think this is the year for the Chiefs. Oh, now they got to go on the road in the playoffs. Doesn't matter at all. Went yeah, to Miami, it, it Buffalo. Does- Baltimore and San Francisco doesn't doesn't it, it is unbelievable so that's that's the thing James and I think I think that's the the right point with with Purdy is this is not some indictment on his ability as a as a quarterback and in fact I think if anything he acquitted himself really well in in the biggest stage he's ever been on and I think this gets so lost like he's in his first year as a full-time starter there is potentially growth here right like we talk about it with keegan murray all the time keegan murray now is not the player that keegan murray is likely to be in three to five years so i think that that you could project that out with brock purdy as well like yeah hey he could be he could be a little bit better where maybe maybe he makes the two or three extra kind of off schedule individually great plays to win that game in two years or or next year uh, and and conversely, maybe he comes out and face plants next year, and he, he looks a lot more pedestrian. But I think right now, everything, everything that we know about Brock Purdy, he led two game-winning comebacks in the in the fourth quarter of the playoffs. Um, he led two in the fourth quarter g- game-tying or go-ahead drives in the fourth quarter, uh, and OT in the Super Bowl. Like he did everything he had to do. At, at some point. Your defense needs to get one more stop, um, and and the Niners couldn't uh, couldn't get it. Yeah, and I would also point out that I, I think people forget Brock Purdy like destroyed his elbow and had no offseason program between That's his first point. and second year. The fact that his like the most crucial year as far as like an yeah. NBA player is between your first and second year. It's where you understand what the league looks like. And then you try to adapt and make changes to your body. You try to change your game. You try to figure out how you fit in. Well, Brock Purdy doesn't even get that. And yeah. if you don't think that NFL is more complex than, than the NBA, 
Uh, quarterback's job is so incredibly complex, and for him not to be able to be out on the field, I'm really excited to see what he looks like. I mean, we didn't even think he probably not even full arm strength until midway through the season, maybe. Mm-hmm. And not saying that he didn't even get beat up and dinged, you know, with other injuries throughout the year. And Kyle, you said, you know, he didn't have like the big, I think he did have some signature plays. The Oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. The play to use check was on second and 12. Yeah. Dunning. Like the way mm-hmm. that he was able to get a uh, defensive lineman off balance, the throw that he made to McCaffrey over the top while he was getting crushed. Uh, that yeah. ended up being the big play. Those are plays where you're like, okay, he had winning moments. They just mm-hmm. didn't have that that one last piece to get them over the hump in crunch time. Yeah, don't get it twisted. He didn't. It, it wasn't that he didn't make any plays. It was just that if Patrick Mahomes made ten and Purdy made four, if Purdy makes six, they win the game. Like that's that's what like yeah. a couple more plays like that. And I, and like I said, I think I think there's a version of Purdy where he he is able to do that, which is why I didn't come out of this game like oh they need to punt at quarterback. The other player I want to shout out for the Chiefs is um, Trent McDuffie. Mm. He was unbelievable the, on the Niners' last drive of the game. They had a second and four, and Purdy hit George Kittle on a little out where, like that play is designed to to get five yards it is that it's a short little out and Kittle catches it he turns the corner he gets tackled for a first down if he gets a first down there uh it's it's ball game the Niners run the clock down and they kick a short field goal and they and they win it um and then on third and four they called a blitz with McDuffie who timed it perfectly uh and he he became a free runner at at Purdy and forced him to make a bad throw to Juwan Jennings so Trent McDuffie on those two plays like single-handedly saved the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. He was he was really really good all day. He also had a pass breakup on a on a shot to Debo Samuel in the end zone. Uh, he was he was awesome and a, and a huge reason Kansas City won. You yeah, mentioned, you mentioned that third down play too. Me and Jim was talking about it earlier. It's just the Chiefs. It felt like every big third down that um, where they needed a stop and all that. Spagnuolo just had the perfect play for the 49ers yeah. offense every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also Steve Wilkes. Just to to piggyback on that, Steve Wilkes conversely, it felt like made the wrong call every time he dialed up pressure he's like why is it third and third and two uh at the end of the game and they blitz and leave Jarek mckinnon just open in the flat and patrick mahomes is going to find that easily uh the niners did not do a good job uh, at the end of the game of disguising blitzes and calling blitzes I, I i thought steve wilkes was really good in the first half and then over the final quarter and overtime had a had a tough time yeah, I think one of the things that I, I would point out is it looked like Mahomes saw something early on that he could get out and run, but he yeah. held on to it, and he didn't use it again and again so the Niners would stop it. He wanted yeah. to save it for when he really needed it, and to me that was something that he recognized and the Chiefs recognized a flaw in the 49ers defense, and then when we get late in the game, he takes off and busts out the big run and he had a couple of quality runs, but it was, you know, like no one was watching him. And it might have been a little bit because Dre Greenlaw was gone. That might have been part of it. But either way, it didn't matter. Like there was a, a, a area for him to go and he took advantage of it and he made tremendous plays that impacted the, the Chiefs ability to win that game. We talked about this on on Candlestick Chronicles last night, but to that exact point, the fourth and one in overtime, where if the Niners going to stop, the game's over. And the Chiefs go shotgun uh, read option, basically. I don't even know if there was an option, though. I think it was just a fake handoff 
to Pacheco and then Mahomes keeps it around the right end for for a huge first down. Nick Bosa on that play just crashes down to try and take the handoff. And it's like, bro, you think the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, fourth and one, their season on the line is going to go shotgun run handoff to Isaiah Pacheco? Yeah, we got one of, the greatest, Chiefs one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time here. But hey, Isaiah, you hey, get this one. Here's a seventh round pick. You go get it. Like, you got this, dog. No, I, I, I thought, and again, you can't, it's easy for me to sit here and say, oh, Nick Bosa shouldn't crash down on that. Uh, it's it's easy to say from from here but that's the kind of just little things that the chiefs keep in their back pocket and then oh yeah hey biggest moment of the game patrick Mahomes designed runs patrick Mahomes scrambles why not he's just really good player man he's such a pick your poison quarterback like you try to defend him however you want but he's just he's gonna find some some other way to get it done yeah yeah he's man and it's like it was funny during during that entire second half. It was just I I never I I never really felt like the 49ers were going to win. Like the more the more the Chiefs hung around, but then when McCaffrey ran it on first and ten in the red zone and got it to a second and four in overtime, I was like, oh, they're just going to run this in, and then they're going to get a stop, and the game's going to be over. Which made everything way worse. <laughs> that made it, that made it, I, I convinced myself they were going to win, and then they didn't. Is it, uh, I don't know, what do you think? Moody doesn't end up being a factor. Well, I mean, I guess he does. He misses the extra pointer or gets blocked. Oof. But was, he also hit a 55-yarder. He was mm-hmm. he hit all the other, he was three for three uh, as a field goal kicker. He put the ball yeah. in, or, in the end zone or out of the end zone on every single kickoff. Yep, I, I thought he was. He's not the reason they lost the game, which is one of the things going into it that I think everyone kind of had a concern. Like, uh, this could be if you lose a Super Bowl because you went in with a kicker that's inexperienced and has not shown up and and had the ability to win a game, that would be yep. really heartbreaking. Has he calmed you guys down a bit? Like seeing him hit that fifty-five yard, I feel like he's kicked pretty well lately. Like, has he calmed your guys' nerves as far as like watching him all year? No, he got an extra point blocked in the Super Bowl. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> in a game like that, where it matters. I was, I was trying to give him one, but that's fair. <laughs> no, no, but but to that point, Jesse, yeah, like he lined up for that 55-yarder in a 0-0 game, and this is a thing. I, I was as hard on Jake Moody and as hard on the 49ers for that pick as anybody. That was, to me, a, a wasted draft pick unless he was going to be Justin Tucker. And, and he comes out in the Super Bowl and drills a 55-yarder to take the lead in the second quarter, early in the second quarter, he drills a 53 yarder to give the 49ers the lead with a minute 57 left. And then in overtime to give them the lead, he drills a 27 yarder. I mean, three kicks to, to take the lead in the Super Bowl. One of them inside of two minutes, one of them in overtime. That's he- <laughs> if, if they're going to have to deal with some ups and downs in the, in the regular season, but they're going to get that kind of performance in a, in a Super Bowl. I, I think the the extra point thing, he was, he only missed one. He had one blocked at the end of the regular season against the Rams. But other than that, he was perfect on PAT. So that's not something I'm necessarily concerned about. So he did answer a lot of questions for me. Um, we were talking about uh, the 49ers window, right? And it, mm-hmm. it's it's been a huge topic of discussion for the last couple of months, right? This might mm-hmm. be one of the last times a they get to a position like this. And, you know, when you get done with this game, I was telling Jesse, it just feels like 
the Patrick Mahomes window will never close. Like, as long as he is an NFL quarterback, the Chiefs are going to be relevant. Even this year, where they really don't have any specialty players at all. And he had to mm-hmm. create one out of Rashi Rice uh, down the stretch. And, like, mm-hmm. they didn't have anything. But the windows of these two teams, isn't that weird where you look at one team and you, you keep looking at the window? And the other team, yeah. you're like, man, that dude's just got a stopper in the window. Like, that thing, like, he, you know, when you can put the little stick in the window seal so the window... Yeah. Yeah, he, he's just jammed the window open. Yeah, it, it, that's what... I mean, that's what Patrick Mahomes does, man. And that's that's where the team-building philosophy thing is interesting to me. Because the 49ers, at least for, for now, have a quarterback that it looks like needs you know a, a roster around him to really... Uh, to really thrive the way he did and, and you know it's still tbd on on purdy i would i would imagine he'll i i would imagine he would not be able to take rashi rice and justin watson and noah gray and isaiah pacheco as four of their five leading receivers and and take them to a super bowl i don't think he can necessarily do that but that's that's why teams that's why the niners traded up for trey lance like that's the kind of player they were trying to get and they and they didn't but even then um I think Josh Allen is probably that type of player. I think the Bills think they have a player like that, and it hasn't mattered because of Patrick Mahomes. The Ravens think they have a player like that, and it hasn't mattered. They haven't even been to a conference championship game. So, or they've been to to one conference championship game. Excuse me. So I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what what the answer is for the rest of the league as long as Mahomes is around because this is probably the worst Chiefs team we're gonna see. <laughs> Over the next uh, over the next ten years or so, and they they still hoisted a Lombardi Trophy. That's crazy. The thing is, too, is like you can't like just go out and like, oh, I need to find like the next Mahomes. It's just like it's almost easier probably finding a Brock Purdy and building around him than it is finding like a Mahomes or like a like a yeah. Josh Allen stuff like that. You know, a guy who's just gonna transcend and gonna elevate everyone around him. Yeah, so just for how good Mahomes is right now, too. I agree. In terms of trying I, I to beat him. It, yeah, I think I think you're you're probably right and i think that's the way the niners are gonna kind of move forward with their with their team building philosophy until until maybe they fall backwards into one of those guys but i don't know for now that's just kind of what do you what what did you guys think of of the of the decision to take the ball in overtime Mm. i i mean i get it so basically what Shanahan said was that they wanted to try to go out and score a touchdown, which they hadn't been scoring touchdowns all game. So mm-hmm. that was kind of strange, but to go out and get ahead because the fact is that if the, you get an opportunity, even if you score a touchdown in overtime in the Super Bowl, you get an opportunity mm-hmm. to match that touchdown and then it right. goes to sudden death. And so I kind of understand the thought process that mm-hmm. if we're going to score, they're going to score, then it comes down to sudden death. And the last thing I want is to put the ball in Mahomes' hand and all he's got to do is get in field goal range. Yeah, I, I kind of James made that point before the show earlier, and I kind of I was like after you said that, I was kind of like, yeah, that makes sense because it's like I don't want to give the ball back to Mahomes if I'm thinking I'm gonna go down and score or whatever. And um, yeah, and they're gonna I don't want to give it back to him. And I think too, I think a lot of like that decision, like that's not I think a lot too much is being made of it. I don't think that's where like they lost the game where it's like one of these. Oh well, he should have took it the other way. Like it, it happened. He took he took the ball and they lost. Yeah, I don't. I, I so Shanahan said they were playing for the third, the third possession, and Andy Reid basically said, "Well, we would have gone for two if we got a touchdown. We would have gone for two in the win, mm. which nullifies the whole the whole third possession thing." So I I I get that logic. The other thing that that has not gotten brought up nearly enough, 
go watch the 49ers defense at the end of the fourth quarter. They were clearly running on fumes. Yeah. And I think you get a long drive there. The Niners offense took like eight minutes off the clock. He had a long drive there. I, I, I mean, obviously it didn't work, right? We can all sit here in hindsight's 2020 and you go, well, it didn't work anyway. They scored a touchdown, even though the defense got the rest. But I think that that had to play a, a role too in, in the 49ers decision, at least, at least a little bit. Yeah. So. I think both teams were pretty gassed at the end. I, I, I do. I, I mean, I think this was five like, quarters. it was in a, an extremely emotional five quarters too, you know, especially mm-hmm. Niners losing Greenlaw. Uh, you know, like the whole entire thing felt like it was, it was so intense. I don't know. Like for me watching that game, it was one hell of a game. Like the whole time you're just sitting there, they're like, I, I don't know who's going to win, but this is a heavyweight fight. And it, it, even though it's low scoring, it doesn't feel boring. It doesn't feel like there's, you know, it felt like people were making great play after great play on both sides of the ball. The energy was crazy. And I think when you get to the end of a game like that, especially when it goes into overtime, you've expelled so much energy just in the atmosphere and being there and like the intensity of being in the Super Bowl that I can understand why why players were were feeling it late in the game. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think, like you said, you saw it on both sides. Yeah. And the Niners just didn't. The Chiefs made plays and the Niners didn't. I mean, that's sports, man. (laughs) That's just kind of how it goes sometimes. That was a fun game, though, dude. Like, yeah, uh, you know, emotion, emotion aside, if if you're just a, a neutral observer watching that game, um, I think it was I think it was a ton of fun. Was there anything that stood out? Sorry, Jesse, was there anything that stood out to you of just like the entire atmosphere, whether, you know, like the I, I don't think they overdid the Taylor Swift thing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought the NFL did a really good job of like, I, I thought the commercials were good. I thought the game was good. I thought the atmosphere was great. I thought that they really, like, if you're putting on a perfect show, this is mm-hmm. kind of like it, like a Las Vegas show. This is what you wanted. Even halftime. I thought halftime was great. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was, that was one of yeah. my favorite on halftime shows. I think he killed it. Yeah. Well, just I- the right amount of just the, the right amount of guest appearances for like the correct length. And then it just it was it was great. I thought it was I thought it was really good. Well, like you said, James, I don't think like the whole from start to finish with the Super Bowl, I don't think there was anything like left on the table. It was just it had, it had everything. Stories all there. Yeah. yeah. Kyle, what did you think about the the miniature car that came to go get Dre Greenlaw? <laughs> uh, it's a little bit different, right? A little bit different cart. What a what what a terrible way. Wait, what did I say? Oh, I don't know. They paused. You. I, I don't say? know. <laughs> We play on. We play on. I guess we play on. All right, we're playing. All right, it's play, play. Okay, uh, yeah. That just speaking of that, that's that was awful. Like what a terrible. The Niners went into that game with twenty of their twenty-two week one starters in in the on the field and available, and then they lose Dre Greenlaw not on a play, not on not on a. Oh, he got rolled up on. He made a hit and it busted up his shoulder. He running onto the field. He tears his Achilles. Like, that is just brutal. Yeah, it just felt like he was so hopped up, so much energy, so much intensity. And I felt the same thing with Debo. When Debo, like, it was when he pulled up lame, it was like, oh no, like, you guys are way too amped up. Like, your inability to, like, calm down and be in the moment and, and try to expel energy the right way, like, it 
felt like the Niners, like the intensity of the game was a little bit much for them early on. And unfortunately for Greenlaw, I mean, I, like what a catastrophic yeah, thing to happen. Yeah. Brutal. With the Debo stuff, isn't that kind of like the team's identity, though? I feel like they kind of like, they're always coming out ready to punch you in the mouth. Yeah. 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 I did, yeah. If they if they come out low energy or whatever, I, I, I don't necessarily, I don't know. I don't, I didn't. I didn't think that was that was a huge problem. Like Debo's had injury problems his his entire career. Yes, the, the Greenlaw thing—that's just such a freak injury. I don't know what happened to George Kittle. I do know that George Kittle not on the field, and then running a running play in overtime on second and two to the side of your rookie tight end who hasn't played a snap or an offensive snap. Or no, I'm, I'm sorry, he played four offensive snaps in the previous two playoff games combined. And then you run it to his side instead of running it behind Trent Williams. Uh, that was highly because it's called for holding highly questionable. That that was like, what in the world are you doing? But that was one of the few though. Like if you go back, like, I don't know how many plays you can really just like say, Hey, look, you blew that one Shanahan. So, yeah, I, I didn't, I, that's the thing is, I mean, big picture for me, I know it's boring. I, I didn't get to the space at all at any point over the last 12 or so hours where I'm like, somebody's got to be fired. Somebody's got to go. They got to make these major changes. Like, nah, man, they just, there were a couple of, of tough decisions, but there were plenty of plays we made on the field that didn't get made. And that's kind of where it's at. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more uh, NFL football. We do have some Sacramento King stuff. We do also have a couple of uh, Jiffy Lube gifts certificates to give away from, a busy weekend of Sacramento Kings basketball, so we'll touch on the Kings. Uh, but you're listening to the Insiders here on ESPN 1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. See you in just a minute. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Welcome back into the Insiders. I'm James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia. A uh, big shout out to our guy Kyle Madsen, who stopped in, even though he is under the weather. Uh, maybe he'll be back later this week. Hopefully, we'll see a little bit more of him. But uh, he's definitely under the weather. Weather feeling it. Um, sec- uh, sorry, the Super Bowl has uh, come and gone. The San Francisco 49ers lose 25 to 22. To the Kansas City Chiefs, shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs for picking up a second straight Super Bowl win. Jesse, this was an instant classic. Like, uh, this is one of those games where I think you can go back and watch. It it doesn't matter how big the score is. This was just one of the most hard-fought, like, hard-nosed, spectacular football games that we've seen in a long time. What was everyone making plays, whether it be the offense, defense, or the special teams? I mean, I know the 49ers fans don't want to hear that, but like falling on that football or whatever, making plays. Oh. Everyone everyone was just making plays. And yeah. that, was, that, was, that was where the game turned, for, I think, right there. That was the turning point of the game, I think, that, um, that I don't want to muff um, pun or whatever, but when it hit the uh, 49ers player. Yeah, the one where it hits, his, uh, hits a foot and then bounces and, you know, in the – the punt returners trying to wave everybody away. I think Kyle made a really interesting point about the fact that the Chiefs fumbled five times and only lost one of them and that the 49ers fumbled twice and lost both of them. The McCaffrey fumble stands out to me as just unexpected because if you don't fumble right, the way that the Niners were just moving the ball early in the game. You're expecting them to score a touchdown. That's what it felt like, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. I thought Because I was thinking about that too. If he doesn't fumble and they open up 7-0, Kansas City – 
did not really turn up until the fourth quarter. So, like, just how does the game end up after that if they're already um, um, starting a foot ahead? Yeah, there's always the, these near misses. And then I'd also say, I think that there does come up where, you know, we've talked about, like, Dan Campbell, like, almost to his own detriment going forward on fourth down, going for two-point conversions. Yeah, like being doing, his own worst enemy sometimes. Yeah, being his own worst enemy. But at, at the same time, does, does Shanahan need to be a little more aggressive? Is there a point where you're you're looking at what he's doing and you're like, man, you know that Mahomes is going to go down and, and score. Like, I, I know you got to get the three points on the board, but even in, in the overtime session and in, in the fourth quarter, both times you're, you're thinking, you're going to give the ball back to Mahomes and you're going to give him an opportunity to win this. And I, I kind of felt like there was a point where he had to go for it on one of those those big moments and and put his faith in his offense and not just put his faith in the defense, especially as the game's wearing on and you're exhausted and, and everything's happening. Do you feel that, that, that there might have been a moment or two where Kyle Shanahan just, he's got to get a little bit more of that Dan Campbell mentality? I don't, it will, I think he needs a Dan Campbell, like, um, I'll point to the last drive before Mahomes got the ball um, at the end of the fourth quarter where he was able to take him back and they were to kick the field goal and all that. I think I wanted, I'd like Shannon to be a little bit more like aggressive on that drive. That just that particular drive right there, just because I feel like they were playing to run the clock out and um, like give Mahomes as little time left as possible. But also they were okay with the field goal. And it, in my mind, it's just kind of like, we all know no matter what, Mahomes is going to take them down the field. It's just, he's one of the best to do it. That's just Patrick Mahomes. He's going to take them down the field. So if it's me, like I get... Like um, running the timeout and all that, but also I'm trying my best to still get um try to try to get six points at the end of that drive, seven points. Yeah, and I think that's the drive in which kind of uh, kind of put in like as much distance between you and Mahomes as you can. Because like I said, I was expecting him to come back, yeah. drive down the field. Now he's gonna get that field goal no matter. Like it's just it's just what he's shown us over the years or whatever. He's gonna get that field goal. So yeah, I would have liked him to maybe try be more aggressive for that touchdown. But I I, I don't. I'm, I guess I'm kind of maybe nitpicking, but that's one where it kind of stands out. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think Kyle brought up the the run where, you know, they had a, a young tight end, and, and I believe that's in the overtime session, right, where they have a young tight end and Kittle's out of the game. And instead of going over the left side with Trent Williams, they ran to the right, which right away I was like, what are you doing? And they he gets stops for, stopped for no gain or like half yard, and it sets up like the final the final sequence. I thought that there were like a few conservative play calls at that time. But then I almost like I want to see him open up the book. You know, he had the uh the play where they did the shovel pass to McCaffrey that didn't work. They had the play where they do the throw to Juwan Jennings and then he fires it back across the field which looked like either a pick six or a touchdown. Like it, that, there were only two things that were going to happen on that play. And of course McCaffrey catches it and runs for the touchdown. So I saw the gambler side of him, but I also, I needed more. I needed more, 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 more of that type of play calling where you're, you as a head coach, you're trying to impact the game in your way. Like, I don't think that there were a lot of signature moments outside of the Jennings play, like where you would go back and think, oh, look how creative Kyle Shanahan was in that game. Yeah, I think, I think for me more so, I put it more on maybe just the 49ers just they, they didn't finish because I don't think there was ever a moment in the game. I mean, yeah, there's never a moment in the game where it's like, oh, what Kyle Shannon is doing is egregious. Like, he should be going for it right now. Like, I think you could always, like, look at each of his decisions um, as far as, like, going forward or being more aggressive. Like, kind of, like, you understand it. I think it was just a matter of just they just didn't finish. 
Okay. No, I, I get it. I, I mean, like, at the end of the day, you know, the Chiefs won. Yeah. And, and that's what you have to look at. And you there's got to be moments we can point to very specifically throughout that game where you can say, hey, in all honesty, I, the Andy Reid made the right calls. Steve Spagnuolo made the right call, uh, calls. And the Chiefs came out on top because they had these these things. They've been there, number one. They, they've won it. So they understand that, like, every once in a while it takes a little bit of a gamble here and a little bit of a gamble there. I thought that they, at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs did outcoach the 49ers coaching staff, specifically when it came to blitzes, when it came to, you know, like I, I can all de- that stuff. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. It's just, like I said, they were just the Chiefs were just sharper and then the bigger moments where you do need Spagnol, um, Steve Spagnuolo or you do need Andy Reid to draw some up to you. They were, they were just sharper each time. Just one step up, because like Kyle brought it up too. Um, when we were just talking to him, Steve Wilkes was sending the blitz every time. That's not phasing Mahomes. He knows you guys are coming or whatever. All right, I'm just gonna dump it off to Rasheed Rice right here, Isaiah Pacheco. Every time Steve Wilkes threw that blitz, Mahomes like it looks on the TV too. I was like, oh, they pressured him or whatever. Mahomes probably knows as soon as like he sees the defense or whatever. I'm going here. Yeah, when it comes to the the defensive line, like I've been hard on the defensive line the entire season. Um, just because, you know, if you're going to spend that much money, they better be great. And they, they weren't great throughout most of the season. I thought in this game they were pretty great. You yeah. know, like they, I, I think there are three sacks. Bosa didn't get an official sack, um, but he was in on a couple of uh, on a couple of sacks. And also he had, I think he hit Mahomes three times. Yeah, I think we're at the point now too. It's like, if you don't, like, have, you're not dialing up the sacks or whatever. Like, we still see you're causing pressure. Like, you know you're stopping. We, we know you're stopping an effect and all that, you know? Yeah, they they I thought they were, and I thought uh, I thought Chase Young had some good moments. Um, I thought that uh, Ran, uh, was it Randy Gregory had a couple of moments. Um, thought, Eric Armstead was really good too. I feel like. Yeah, I, I think you know again, friend of the show and Sacramento uh, legend, you know Eric Armstead. I thought had a really really good game, and you know I, so I thought that they stood out as as a group that actually played really well, even if. You know, down the stretch, you have these plays where, again, Mahomes bust loose and all that. But I thought they held Pacheco in check. Um, yeah, I thought it was solid. And, yeah, and were, I think Greenlaw, not having Greenlaw, was very impactful. Yeah, he's probably, you can say he's the heart and soul of that defense. He's obviously one of the that's the best linebacker duo in the league, right? Linebacker tandem in the league right there. So, obviously, you're going to miss something there. But it's just the Chiefs just happen to make more plays. That's what honestly what it comes down to. No, I, I totally agree. Um, I don't know where the 49ers go from here. And I don't think that there's a panic button that they hit, but I think you do have to, like, you walk into next season with this idea of, number one, we need to be more consistent. We can't have the the letdown in the middle of the season. Um, number two, uh, you need to make sure that you keep your team intact as much as possible and add to the, the offensive line for sure. Um, but overall, like, this does feel like a team that maybe given just a little bit more time, like they can be that same team that we saw this year and maybe even a better version of if you can get some some growth from from Purdy as a as a play caller. I think it's a possibility. There's also for me the aspect of like you blew your best shot right now. Mm. Like like you've been the bell of the ball the last four years or whatever. Um other than that, I think that was that twenty twenty year where they were just decimated with injuries. You've been NFC championship game or at least the Super Bowl over this little time period. It's like like you're gonna keep like are you gonna be able to keep that up still? Like that's difficult. No, it's, I, it's almost like like I'm not saying they're gonna miss the playoffs or anything like that, but it's also like when do we start to see maybe um let's step back more so like you know, you're not gonna go to the Super Bowl every year. 
Yeah, that and I think there is always the Super Bowl hangover, right? You always worry about what's going to happen the next year and whether you can get back. I don't know. Either way, I mean, you are on a clock, right? You've got uh, you've got players that are aging that, uh, you know, who knows how long that they can hold on to play. A guy like Trent Williams, you know, he's already said he's coming back next year. But, um, you know, Kittle's not getting any younger. Juszczyk isn't getting any younger. Fred Warner's not getting any younger. you got to figure this thing out. Even Armstead, you know. Uh, there, there's going to come a point where you know there, there will be wholesale changes, and um, but I, I think that the the Niners pushed it off one more year. Um, all right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna chat Sacramento Kings. Kings played on Friday. They played on Sunday. The Super Bowl Sunday game was very odd. I don't know who decided to throw a Kings game in at noon on Super Bowl Sunday. It, it, that felt, was, it felt out of place. It just felt totally out of place. Like, everyone's sitting there like, man, I'm supposed to be cooking and getting ready, and, like, I got to I gotta watch a Kings game. Um, I kind of felt like the Kings felt the same way, which is uh, something we'll talk about when we come back here on The Insiders. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. It ignites something inside of you. Lightning and the thunder. Sets a light and elevated state of being. Days are pure exhilaration. And the nights, they're simply electric. See it. Hear it. Feel it. Thunder Valley Casino Resort. Feel the thunder. Timmy, everybody. Great job. Next up, we have Samantha. Ten times better performance can make a big difference. Castrol Edge Motor Oil gives your engine ten times better high-temperature performance. Castrol Edge. Better oil for maximum performance. Now through March 4th, get five quarts of Castrol Edge or Edge High Mileage Full Synthetic and an oil filter for $36.99. Only at AutoZone. Claim based on Sequence 3 H test versus Get five quarts of Castrol Edge or Edge High Mileage Full Synthetic and an oil filter for $36.99. Only at AutoZone. Claim based on Sequence 3 H test versus API SP test limits. When people have a craving to explore new and traditional Asian cuisines, they head to P.F. Chang's, where scratch-made dishes come from the 2,000-year-old tradition of wok cooking. P.F. Chang's wanted to explore new possibilities for their website, they turned to AmericanEagle.com. AmericanEagle.com re-architected P.F. Chang's website, integrating multiple third-party systems to create a unified digital experience. The results? Improved page speed and performance, personalized content based on users' location, intuitive online ordering, an increase in organic search visibility, and a 40% increase in new users. For scratch-made Asian cuisine, visit your local P.F. Chang's or go to pfchangs.com for website design, development, digital marketing, marketing and hosting that produce efficiency, revenue and results. Visit americaneagle.com. PF Chang's and americaneagle.com. Another example of the best businesses in the world. Turning to the best in the business for websites. Go to americaneagle.com or call 877-webnow1. That's 877-webnow1. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralask brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralast pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Fabrice. Fabric Talk. Hey, it's me, your couch. Today's my favorite day of the week. Fabrice Fabric Spray Day. The occasional deep cleans are nice, but in between, you know I'm needing a refresh. Ooh, here she comes with the Fabrice Fabric Spray. Oh, yeah. Spritz them armrests. Don't be shy. Nothing like a good spray down to get me smelling so fresh and clean. Don't forget my back. Nice. Fabrice Fabric Spray. It's just that easy. Now we can both breathe happy. Fabrice. La, 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 la. Now, back to the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back in. I'm James. He's Jesse. No Kyle today, although Kyle did drop by and see us. He's under the weather. Um, we got a lot to talk about. Super Bowl Sunday was was a major, major hit and absolutely spectacular. Fortunately, the San Francisco 49ers did not hold on and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but while while that was happening, uh, we had a couple of things going on. And you know, here on the Insiders, we talk a lot of Sacramento Kings basketball. I've covered the Sacramento Kings for many, 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 many years. And uh, we've got to get to some of that coverage today. Uh, we do have two Jiffy Lube Player of the Game gift certificates to give away, $100 gift certificates to Jiffy Lube. But also, if you win the $100 gift certificate, you are also put in for the uh, the possibility to win the Sacramento Kings jersey. We already had one winner last month, so make sure you're going to ESPN1320.com, hitting that Jiffy Lube lo- logo. And we'll start with the first game. The, the Sacramento Kings hosted Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets on Friday night. It was a tremendous game. Uh, the the Kings rolled up uh, what looked like a road-weary Denver Nuggets team by a final of 135-106. to 106. Damanis Sabonis posted a 17-17-10 game. Uh, he has He's just stacking up double-doubles and stacking up triple-doubles. So for our first uh, Jiffy Lube player of the game, uh, again, right now at ESPN 1320, click on that big Jiffy Lube logo, and the first player of the game is going to be Domanis Sabonis. So Domas is our password, D-O-M-A-S. Go in. Not only will you get put in for uh, a $100 gift certificate to Jiffy Lube, but also a Sacramento uh, Kings jersey. Uh, Jesse, what were your takeaways from that that Denver Nuggets game? So, of course, they won this game. You put up a dud against the Detroit Pistons, and, of course, being the inconsistent Sacramento Kings that you are, you come out and you beat up the Denver Nuggets, who are the one seed in the West. Like, it's, 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 it's of course, of course you guys did this. <laughs> It, it, I wasn't shocked or anything. It's just like, it's just par it's, for the course. What am I getting today? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, this is a team that's shown you once again that they can beat anybody and that they can lose to anybody. Literally think, think about how crazy that is. They lose to a six win team or whatever. Look horrible. No, nah, it's good boys. Next game, we'll play the top team in the West and we'll blow them out too. It's a six win team that was, that benched. Uh, two of their well, their their two best players. Yeah, there's context. Which, there's more context to that. Yeah, one of which they traded, right? 
And then they started Killian Hayes, who they waived the the next day or the day after. They started uh, they they brought uh, Joe Harris off the bench, who they waived. They mm-hmm. brought Danilo Gallinari off the bench and then waived him. Uh, you you basically played a, a six like a horrific six win team, and you lose. And then you you turn around and you just you smack Denver around. And, it's almost like, all right, I'm tired at this point. Just, like, just please, just, like, just do, like, like, it's almost exhausting. It's like, why can't you guys just be normal for once? Why can't you guys just turn it up every game? I I agree, man. Like, like, what, what do you think it is? What, like, what do you, what do you think the root of the inconsistency is? It's tough. I think one of the roots of the inconsistency is that uh, your star player carried you for the first, like, 28 games of the season and was spectacular, and then he ran out of gas. I think that guy needs the all-star break more than anybody right now. More than anybody. And then, uh, in all honesty, he hasn't been able to bring it consistently. He he just hasn't. De'Aaron Fox has not been able to bring it consistently over the stretch uh, over the last month, maybe a little bit more. Like, since the, the turn of the new year, he just he hasn't looked like himself at all, and and all of a sudden he started dabbling in the whole steal game, right? Where he he's going out there and he's posting five steals a game, and you're like, hey, that's great, that's great. But where's the other player? Where's that other guy that that was doing all of this stuff on the offensive end? And I know this team doesn't always need the offensive player, but what they can't have is somebody who looks disinterested, and 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 sometimes like not in the flow, not. Like not focused, missing free throws, uh, bad turnovers, forced three pointers. Like I think that that's a bigger problem. And to be honest with you, that's what we saw on Sunday. We saw De'Aaron Fox, you know, lead his team into Oklahoma City and look like the same player that that we saw against the Detroit Pistons and a couple other teams. Do you think he's gassed right now? Yeah, I think he's gassed. Um, I I don't know, like. How many different ways do we have to say it? I, I he's not playing well. Well, like there, there's also the aspect too with De'Aaron Fox. I think he's better at it now, but he has always had those lulls over his career where he just like that's exactly what there. He has lulls throughout the season where it's just I don't know, like what's going on with Fox. No, I, I totally get that. There is a point in every season where it feels like De'Aaron Fox has like a a group of games where he struggles, and I, I just don't know how long that's supposed to last. Like there, when you want to be a superstar and and you start to reach like a certain level with your game, you have to continue to push to be that player. And I think that there just feels like right now, for whatever reason, he's just, he doesn't have it. So Kevin O'Connor, which I know Kings fans love, but he tweeted out, which to be honest, this is a, it's a perfectly fair question. He said, what's up with De'Aaron Fox? First 26 games of the season, 30 points per game, 53.8% from two, 39.8% from three. Uh, He's 21.9 field goals per game, 6.1 assists, 4.6 rebounds. His usage was 32%. The last 20 games, 21.8 points per game. His field goal percentage has dropped 4% down to 49.2. His three-point percentage has dropped 6 percentage points down to 33.6. His free throw percentage is down to sixty eight point nine, but even his field goals, he's he's almost four field goals off of his his normal. His assists are down to four point six. His usage is down to twenty seven point one. 
it's almost like and we're talking 20 games. Yeah, it's a decent sample size. Yeah, it's almost like he's just a completely different player in that stretch. And, again, I don't think it was De'Aaron Fox that was causing the inconsistencies early in the season, but I do think a lot of it right now is is De'Aaron Fox causing in, inconsistencies. Well, how do you, like, was, like, do we just wait for Fox to, like, maybe, oh, he snapped into it, like, he's back or whatever. Like, like how, how, do we, how, do, how do we move from this? Well, I think if you give him a week off for the All-Star break and he comes back and he's a different player, then, you know, you, you clearly know that, you know, it was either mental fatigue or, or he ran out of gas. And, and if I had to put my money on it too, I'd say like I'd say he, he's good to go after the Austin break. I think I think he was carrying carrying a lot of the um carrying a lot of the load um, early on in the season and all that. And I think maybe that kind of took its toll on him. But like you said, it is kind of concerning because it is a twenty game sample size too. So Yeah. I mean, he's down to twenty six point four points per game. And, you know, this is a guy who was 31 32 early in the season and and was holding up that that type of you know score uh, scoring for a long time now i don't know that the kings are a a better team if he's scoring 30 or if he's scoring 25 like he did last year i i think there is some sort of happy medium i don't know if it's 26.4 if it's 27 point something but he is bringing other things to the table. He is uh, second in the league in steals at 1.8 per game. He set himself a goal to average over two steals per game. That's good. And, and some of the, the defensive things we've seen is good. But we get to this Oklahoma City game on Sunday where the Sacramento Kings lose, right? And to be honest, it wasn't even all that that close. It didn't feel like they had any oomph at all. It you, could felt feel, like, you could feel it through the TV. It was just kind of like, yeah, like, yeah we're here. Yeah, they just kind of slipwalk through the game, right? And so they end up losing uh, 127 to 113. Um, again, Sabonis uh, is just absolutely brilliant. 21 points, 14 assists, 11 rebounds. Uh, he's got four triple-doubles in the last five games, and he's got, I think he's got five triple-doubles in the last seven games. It's not good enough for the All-Star game, James. Uh, yeah, he's clearly not good enough for the All-Star team. Um, but this was one of those games where Fox came out. He shoots six of 17 from the field, two of eight. Uh, you know, he, he's a negative, a negative 27 on the game. That's where he was. And him and Harrison Barnes both threw up negative 27s. But I almost felt like Harrison Barnes, like defensively, he couldn't hang with Jalen Williams. Like that was a problem. But uh, I just, you got to be slightly concerned that that Fox is is struggling and like coasting in on fumes into the All Star break. Yeah, it's just it's, you do you are concerned about because it, it's just kind of like he is like the head of the snake or whatever the kind of, the guy that just kind of like we need you to make this all steer right. Like Sabonis is always gonna like Sabonis is we've seen it whether they're winning or losing Sabonis is gonna get his, but so, like Fox is the one who kind of steers at home or whatnot. So you don't want to come into this break on a low low where you're losing a few games or losing up ground in the standings too. Yeah, I mean, I think that's always a big issue, too. The standings have been all over the board, but the Sacramento Kings are, you know, they're hovering between five and seven now. Yeah, because uh, it is nice to say, like, oh, like, we'll get to the All-Star break and Darren Fox, like, he'll pick it up after that. Like, we also have games to play leading up to that. Yeah, so right. So kind of do need him to turn it up, like, even before that still. Yeah, and, and the Kings right now, they're 30-22, and 22 and they're in seventh place. They're a half game out of eighth in, in the West. And that's not a good thing. And not only, I think they're three games above the the Lakers for the nine spot. And you know they're right there. They're only uh, they're only half game behind both uh, the Pelicans and the Suns. 
and they play the Suns coming up this week. Um, and so you're gonna, but you have a back to back against Phoenix one night and and Denver the next. That's not gonna be easy at all. Um, okay, so our our second Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game. Uh, so if, if again, if you go to ESPN1320.com, you click on the big Jiffy Lube logo. The first one was Domas. The second Jiffy Lube player of the game. I couldn't give it to a single Kings player because I'm not just going to give it to Demonis Sabonis every night, and I'm not going to give it to Malik Monk, even though he probably, if the Kings would have won, deserved it. Uh, and this one, I'm going to go SGA uh, for Shea Gilgis Alexander, who was incredible. He absolutely punished the Kings. He gets every single call, which I know some Kings fans got to be frustrated with, um, but he's going to be our second uh, Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game. So, Enter to win a $100 gift certificate, and of course, enter your name in to win a Sacramento Kings jersey. We're going to step aside. We come back. Uh, we've got more NFL coverage. We've got more NBA coverage. And of course, we will have the handoff. So either D'Lo or KC will jump in and join us, and uh, we'll get their perspective on everything going forward. So we're the insiders here on ESPN 1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. See you in just a minute. Now, back to the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back into the Insiders. I am James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia, filling in for Kyle Madsen. The day after, the day after the, uh, the great Super Bowl. Um, it's always a day where I think, first of all, um, all of us wish that it was next weekend because Monday is a holiday and we could have not come into work. Are we asking for whoever runs whatever to give us um, a holiday after the Super Bowl? Like, yeah, we're we, still fighting for that. We need to fight for that. They need to move. But so next Monday is President's Day, right? Like I think that needs to be moved to whatever Super Bowl weekend is. It needs to be the day after. Like, let's just have a, a, like a, a day of recovery. That's I, fair because honestly, like, maybe we're being spoiled brats or whatever, but like, it is such a spectacle where it's like, you can honestly like feel like the energy is like, oh yeah, everyone is kind of just watching. Like, you know, like it's just kind of like all everyone, like everyone's eyeballs is just like here for this one game and all that. Yeah. And, and no one wants to get up the next day Mm-mm. and just think we're on the West coast. So the game's at three thirty. Right, just think if we're on the East Coast and it's at six thirty, and and you're sitting there partying and having a good uh, a good time, and then the game ends and you're looking at the clock like, oh, see, that's man. that's where we that's where we win because they don't love when it comes to like sports in the West Coast or whatever. They don't they don't love us. They 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 neglect us and all that. I feel like if the East Coast were to complain a little bit more, like, hey, like this is ridiculous. Super Bowl's ending at midnight or whatever. I got to go to work. I got headaches and all that. Like, come on, we get enough enough complaints from the East Coast. I think we can make this work. Okay. Yeah, for me, like, look, um, I think that this the day after the Super Bowl, I kind of treat it in the same way that I look at, like, the 5th of July, right? The 4th of July is a late-night party day. Oh, yeah. Because you got to wait for the fireworks, right? So sometimes it doesn't get dark until 10 o'clock. So everyone's out there. you got your kids out. Everyone's watching the fireworks. It's super late. Everyone's having a good time. For me, I'm like hanging out on on the water the whole night. They shoot fireworks out over the lake. I do not want to go to work on July 5th. Yeah, I mean, come on, work with us here. Like, I know. Like, like we've all been in these positions too. We've all had the holiday parties. We've all done the Super Bowl parties. We've all been in this situation, so we can all relate. Like, yeah, maybe give us the day off the next day. That's right. Uh, we need to treat this like the day after Christmas. Um, you know, Thanksgiving, everyone always gets a Friday off 
after Thanksgiving, it's Black Friday, and you know everyone goes shopping. Maybe we start this with Odyssey. We go to the Odyssey higher ups. Be like, hey, we want the day after the Super Bowl. Um, we want that day off. Your sports station wants that day off. That's right. We need we need some sort of holiday for that day. And I guess I guess we could just collectively just say, hey, we're taking the day off. You need to run it back the whole day. Yeah, they. You want to see teamwork? There's teamwork right there. There it is. Um, yeah, Jesse and I are starting a petition. If you'd like to start our petition, sign our petition. Uh, we will we will send out the link where we're trying to start a, a movement here where we do not have to go to work the day after the Super Bowl. Um, Jesse, like you've watched a lot of Super Bowls. Where does this rank? Do you think that this is one of the better Super Bowls we've seen in recent years? Yeah, recent years because um, the one that always sticks out in my head that I always um, thought was a fun was uh, the Eagles and Patriots one, was Nick Foles versus Brady. Because mm. I feel like that one was a lot of back and forth and all that. That one sticks out. Honestly, the Brady and um, the Falcons one. But I think I think this one's up there. I think so, too, just as far as, like, a competitive game. Like, there were some real duds of a Super Bowl. Like, I mean, does anyone remember the Bengals and Rams Super Bowl? Does anyone remember how that game went other than the Rams winning? No. Exactly. Yeah, I don't remember at all. Like, I do remember, um, like, when I was young, like, Doug Williams throwing, like, four touchdowns in the first half of a Super Bowl. Like, that was nuts, and the game was over quick. I remember... Timmy Smith rushing for like 200 and something yards and no one ever heard of him before that and no one had ever heard of him afterwards. Uh, so that that's a big Super Bowl where like a total blowout. But like I'm in it. I, I was in for this. This was like a phenomenal game all the way down the wire. I, I was I mean, on the edge of my couch for this one. Kind of like, like it's always like um, a meme when you're playing video games or whatever. And it gets serious. You kind of sit up in your chair and you're just ready to go locked in. That's how I was watching this game. It's just you could feel the tension too where it's just like, I don't know. It's just like it, it was it was it was perfect. That's what we're looking for. I think it, it's a perfect word. You just, the tension, the tension of the day. And I know, like, if you're a Niners fan, you were like, oh, no, I would have much rather just seen the Niners blow them out and not. But still, I don't think that's what, you know, the Super Bowl shouldn't be that way, number one. But number two, I think the audience that you're you're playing for is different than a standard NFL game. Like, I know I get up every every Sunday and I watch football from, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. And sometimes I'll even watch soccer before that. But I'll watch football all the way until the late game at 5 o'clock is over at like 8 o'clock. And then I, I struggle to get off the couch. I can hardly move by the end of the day because I've been sitting there too long. It's been a great day, though. Yeah, but it is a great day. And I usually sit there with my son and we watch football the entire day. For me, this is one of those things where I am not the Super Bowl audience. Like, the Super Bowl audience is a bunch of people, like, at the Super Bowl party I went to where most of them haven't watched an NFL game all season long. Some of them have, but, you know, you got Raiders fans. You got—there was a Chief fan there. You got a, a Denver Broncos fan. They they didn't have any, like, stake. They didn't have a pony in the race. Just there to hang out? Yeah, they're just there to hang out and watch the Super Bowl. And I think if you, if that's what the Super Bowl is, then I would prefer that it was a game like this that was phenomenal— so you're drawing in more people into the audience. Like, oh, man, that was fun. It wasn't just, you know, waiting to see how many times they're going to show Taylor Swift. It's like I'm here to eat a bunch of bad food for me and, and drink. And it's, it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's a whole spectacle. It's an event. It's just like yeah. you said, it's, just, it's a whole big thing. Yeah, I, I definitely I think the NFL put on a show and that's the biggest thing for me. Like this was it was a great show. What do you think about Vegas? Should, should they keep the Super Bowl there every year? I feel like just from the tweets and everything on social media, I feel like it, it was a su- success. 
Yeah. I, feel, I feel like Vegas did the Super Bowl right from what I've from what I've seen on social social media. No, I I think so too. Um, I I almost like you don't want it to be there every year because let's be honest, it's it's a Raiders home field, and you don't want them like being the team. And you know, a Super Bowl, it probably means I don't know. Probably a billion dollars to a local economy. Yeah, I mean, we do kind of have it too. I think we we have like our set, you know, your set cities where it's New Orleans or probably Vegas. Now Miami gets a lot of the Super Bowls. I San mean, Francisco. San Francisco getting yeah, get another one twenty twenty six. So I feel like yeah, the NFL does have like their set cities too. Well, that and you've got you know the LA stuff now with their True. with their new stadium. So as as long as it's a, a good weather city, um, I, I think that that's a big deal, right? So um, I, I don't want to see. I either want to see a dome. Or I want to see a, you know, I want to see perfect weather. I don't want, I don't want the game to be changed because of inclement weather. Wait, can you imagine a Super Bowl where we got to run the ball thirty-eight times because it's just pouring rain and no one's gonna be able to throw the football? Like that'd be horrible. Oh, and well, where did we? I thought we had a Super Bowl where Prince was playing in the rain. It isn't? Am I wrong? That might have been before before my time. Okay, so yeah, I mean, that's. I think that you want all the glitz, all the glamour, everything that comes with it, right? So uh, it, it is the showcase of not just the NFL, but I think professional sports, especially professional sports in America. Like, I don't think the World Series still has the same draw. The NBA Finals is, like, phenomenal, but, again, it's it's played out over seven games. So, you know, you have your highs and your lows. Um, maybe that allows more people to get involved. But Yeah, I was going to say, with the NBA Finals, it's, like, a seven games, so it's, like, you can't like just gather everyone around like that doesn't watch basketball like they're just casual fans like gather everyone around for like game like one game of the finals you know it's just it's over time where the Super Bowl it's like all right everyone like we're just building for like this one game right here yeah I, isn't that interesting you think about it that way that you know the NBA while the finals I'm sure does phenomenal you don't have the same exact thing. Like maybe if there's a game seven, there's a, a larger group of people hanging out. Yeah, because then they do like they try to do like the game sevens like on Sundays if it is or something like that. Yeah, but I would also say a lot of people don't even know when game seven is. Not like this, where everybody in the world. I mean, my mom texts me, who's never watched football at all. She watches the Super Bowl. Yeah, Super, Super Bowl. That's every like, year. Where it's like a holiday. Yeah. No. No. I think it is. So interesting. Um, was there anything you would have changed, Jesse? With the Super, like as far as yeah. like, what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, like whether it was, I don't, well, I thought the halftime show was great. Um, I thought it was fine. You know, I clicked over to the Nickelodeon um little whatever thing they had going on. That was cool too. I think they did it. They did it good, James. Yeah, yeah it was it was good. It was good stuff. And did you enjoy uh, TV commercials and all that stuff? I mean, that like to me, like it, it's a huge, huge day for everything. Yeah, the TV commercials, like that's not really my thing anymore or whatever. I feel like they're not as funny as they used to be and stuff like that. But there was nothing that was like, oh, this is horrible. I thought the um, halftime show was great. And yeah, I thought I thought I thought it was a good I thought, thought it was a good show. Did you miss Alicia Keys coming out? I did not miss Alicia Keys. Okay. And you did see uh like Usher like sweating it out. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, get the guy a towel. I mean that the whole time. Like, come on. At that point you just gotta wear it, I guess. Like put a big fan on him. Just like help him out. Um, when we, when we get done with, uh, with a game like this, is there any changing in legacies? It is, it, it, does this, I mean, I think for when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, I feel like he cemented, cemented himself and he's done it like before this, but this is it. Like you got three rings, like he's, there's the Mahomes, um, with him, there's no arguing it. Like he's one of the greatest to ever do it already. I yes. feel like, like he's 
Super Bowls, MVPs, stats, whatever you want, he's got it for you. Like, yeah, coming out of this game now, it's like um, it's 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 solidified now. It's not arguable. It's solidified. He's one of the greatest to do it. Is it crazy that he's 28 and we can see this for another decade, maybe even more? Yeah, that's it's it's. it's I guess it's just Brady all over again, right? Maybe. I don't know. I I think that the way he does it is so more. I think it's the fact too that we saw it like he. Like, he didn't have great weapons on offense. Like, Isaiah Pacheco was great. He was great for that team, but he's not some, like, top running back in the league. Yeah. Um, their wide receivers don't have any top receivers that are, like, I'm, they, they you could probably call, like, top 20 in the league, I'd say. Like, you got Travis Kelsey. That's one, but that's one guy with defense can plan for him. Like, the fact that he did it with this is just insane, too. No, I, I totally agree. I, and you you bring up uh, Travis Kelsey. I thought Kelsey was great. I You know, he is a legend of the game. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, definitely. But uh, but outside of that, everything else is kind of like, OK, what do you got and how much can uh, Mahomes bring these guys along? And somehow he was able to do it. Kenny, are you going to join us? All right. Kenny, Kenny Caraway is here. Uh, we can go back to calling him Casey now, I think. Or did, did that name just get retired? We uh, it's, it's, up, it's up to him, I guess. <laughs> the week is over. Uh, let's add Casey to the screen and then we're going to switch these two. What's going on, man? Have you, uh, did you survive the day? I mean, clearly you're here, but I oh, mean, man, it, it was, it was tough. I went for real quick for reference. I don't know. Maybe it's my headphones. I can't hear Jesse. Let me, let me put, uh, let me put these other ones on real quick, but to answer your question. Yeah, I survived it. I was tough though. That was tough. I mean, that was. I can only think of, well, I can't even say that. I was about to say, I can only think of one other loss that was as tough as that game six and seven of the 2002 World Series. But, I mean, the 49ers Super Bowl against the Ravens was tough. Uh, 49ers NFC Championship game against the Rams. The Eagles was tough for a different reason because that game was done before it even got started. Yeah, that game was over. Uh, but this is, this is, uh, yeah, this is as bad as it gets. How was the tension for you? Like, for me, like, the entire day was just, like, the whole game. You were pins and needles. This oh. was a phenomenal game. It was, it was, a, it was a great game. Uh, if, if on the outside looking in, maybe, you know, I could feel that way. I mean, I was I, – I would, I would said it, like, 12 o'clock I needed a drink. Like, I was high strung all day long. Oh, yeah. And then during that game, just high strung – uh, moving around, walking around the the house, and you know, doing all this other stuff, trying to uh, energize them my own way to this to the finish line to get there, and it just it didn't happen, man. It was it was tension filled for sure. It's already like the day after and stuff like that, so I'm sure you still hurt and all that. But like, like, is it like ah, oh, like best shot, like they wasted it or whatever. It's kind of like, uh, it's going to be tough to get back now. Like, how, how are you feeling coming out of that game? Oh, man, I definitely feel like it's going to be tough to get back next year. Um, it's just, I, I think Rob Brooks, when he was on with us a couple weeks ago, he talked, used the analogy of like pushing a boulder up the hill and you push it up the hill, push it up the hill, and then for it to roll back at the, the very top, and you're like, man, we got to push this boulder up the hill again. That's tough. I look at I look at this group, this core, uh, you know, Trent, Kittle, I'll throw Debo in there, Fred Warner, whatever. And, you know, last night and even this morning, I don't know if it's going to happen for these guys. I don't know if it's going to happen because it's got to happen relatively soon. 
And I don't know, like, how I feel today and how I look at this roster today. I don't just sit here and think, like, oh, yeah, they're going to get back next year. You know what I mean? That's, that's, a, that's a long, tough road. And I don't know. The thing that does give me solace, and you guys talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, is they do have a franchise quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for this group, for, for this core, it may be over or maybe they got one more real chance at it. But for the franchise, I don't think it is because you have a quarterback, and we'll talk about it on the show. You have a coach that's good enough to to keep this thing going. And also, you got talent evaluators. I mean, one of the things that we don't talk about with this uh, 49ers group is John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan has built this team. Mm-hmm. They've, they've pretty much found everybody through the draft. Bosa was – kind of gift wrap to them or whatever. But they found everybody. This team has been built through the draft over the last four or five years. And I believe that they just have an eye for good football players. They're on evaluators. And they'll continue to build this roster. But today for this group, I mean, it's tough right now. Is there – you brought up Purdy. Do you think Do you think that this solidified him as like a franchise guy, at least for the 49ers, a franchise guy in general? To some, maybe. I mean, he was always that for me. Uh, I'd say, I don't know, sometime this season. I, I really believed in him last year. Um, but sometime during the season, I was like, nah, this is this is the dude. Like, he's it. He, he's franchise. You found your quarterback. Um, but for a lot of people, they had to see him, you know, on these stages in the playoffs. And he wasn't perfect. Uh, but for a second-year guy, you know, to to go through all this and see these things, you know, for the first time and, and experience this stuff for the first time a lot of ways. Um, he did a great job. He, he didn't win the game, but if you were still kind of like just kind of second-guessing him at that point, I think you can come away from the Super Bowl seeing what you like needed to see from him as far as like believing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree, man. I, I'm a big believer in Brock Purdy. I think he's the, the franchise quarterback. Um, and now you just got to keep working on getting guys around them. They have the guys around them this year, but obviously, like I said, those guys are getting a little older, and, you know, there's little tweaks that you need here and there, you know, some offensive line stuff. Um, but, you know, you just you just keep building this roster, man. Yeah, I, I kind of, when we get through this, I, I thought that there wasn't really a big letdown. Like, you know, a couple of mistakes. We have the McCaffrey fumble. You have the the fumble on the punt. Mm-hmm. Those type That was the game for me. Yeah, those type of, those type of moments. But yeah. at the at the same time, I really felt like this was going to go down to a final possession. That this, and if you gave Mahomes the opportunity to beat you, he's going to beat you because he's Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And so I was hoping at at any point that the Niners were going to be able to get some sort of separation where at least you got a shot, right? But to me, I I thought this was about as good a football game as you could possibly draw up for everybody uh, who was watching. Yeah, man, these dudes, both both teams was out there competing. Yeah. You know, and I talked about it last night, and we'll talk about it all throughout the day. One of the things that I, I, I just dislike about the way we talk about sports and social media and sports radio and all this other stuff, it's always who's to blame? Who's to blame? Who's Hey, man, <laughs> there's no matter if both of the coaches, both of the players, if they did, if everybody did everything perfect mm-hmm. yesterday, Somebody was going to win and somebody was going to lose. Yeah, like that's just the game. That's that's what it is. And we could dissect a number of different plays that people would have thought should have been different, or if you would have ran this different or done this different or whatever. You could do that for every game on pretty much every play. 
or whatever the case may be. And we're doing that with the naked eye. When you see the all 22, it's like, ooh, maybe they did have the right play called up. This guy just didn't do this and that. So, you know, it's just always about, you know, who's wrong, whose fault it is. Not, man, these, both teams yesterday played their asses off. Both coaching staff prepared themselves and did the best that they could. And one team had to win, the other team had to lose. Pat Mahomes was great when he needed to be great. And that's just what it is, man. Realistically, you leave this game and it's like it's just what it is. It's a team lost. The San Francisco 49ers lost. Kyle Shannon probably could have run the ball a couple more times or whatever. Sure. But he also did some good things right. Yeah. Brock Purdy probably left some throws out there. Also made some good ones. It wasn't a matter of, like you can point, this is why they lost. It's just plays were made more on the Kansas City side and they came out the, on top. The I think the, the placement was 39-31. to 31 past the run for the 49ers. They ran the ball. What what I say uh, uh, on Friday? I said Christian McCaffrey has to touch the ball 25 to 30 times. Well, he ran the ball, I think, 29, 22, 22 times. They finished and then with he 30 got touches. Eight, he had eight catches. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. Like I said, you can go to play here and there or whatever the case may be. But I just I thought both teams um, and both franchises really, really got after it yesterday. It was, it was, it was highly competitive, highly competitive, there's going to be a winner and a loser. Unfortunately, the Niners were on the losing end this time. If you want to put a finger on it too, like, oh, this is like why the game was lost, I think a lot of it comes down to the 49ers didn't kill the game when they could have. Mm-hmm. More so getting field goals instead of touchdowns and all that because you leave any any inch, any ounce of room for Mahomes, and it's just it's like the Brady thing. He's going to take it no matter what. Yeah, and, and, and once again, that's assuming – that the 49ers could just do whatever they wanted to do. It's a pretty damn good defense on the other side. It's fair. Mm-hmm. That wasn't going to let you just, oh, we want to score a touchdown, so we're going to score a touchdown. Like, nah, them, them dudes, they get after it too. You know what I mean? So, man, they, it, it, was, it was a hell of a game, tough loss. I ain't even going to front to you. This one, this one, this one's a gut punch. This one is a gut punch. This, this is tough. This no, is tough. I think so too. Um, we're just about out of here for today. Uh, what was your favorite moment from – from the day. I know what your worst moment is, but what's your favorite? There was no favorite moment. There was no favorite? No. Not even Usher? <laughs> Whatever. No, I, no. What, 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 what am I going to look back on this day fondly about? Oh, I don't know. Like, I like I truly enjoyed the Juwan Jennings throwback pass. Um, like, the, the play where Purdy hits. I'm uh, sorry, I'm a curmudgeon, James. This is the wrong day to ask me that question. No, I, I get Cause, you. Because I'll think about that play. Which was a phenomenal play. Yep. It's like, how'd they lose the game? <laughs> how'd they lose the game? Yeah, no, no there I'm was with nothing you. good about yesterday. I, I'm with you. I, I just, I, you know, there were some great plays. You know, even uh, the McCaffrey play down the sideline, spectacular. Watching Brock Purdy grow into like the quarterback that you're hoping that he will be. I think that that's something to take away from it. All yeah, right, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> uh, well, we'll be back tomorrow, and that's the kind. Of, that's kind of the way these things go. Uh, Jesse, thanks for filling in for uh, for Kyle. Uh, hopefully, Kyle will be able to pop in at least part of the time during this week, and we can have him uh, to give some of his insight. But it's going to be a busy, busy, busy week of sports. We got D'Lo and Casey coming up next. Thanks for tuning in to the Insiders for Jesse Tapia, James Ham. We'll see you very soon. See you tomorrow, uh, 10 a.m. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 